It's Village Vice. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Brad Law. And Hugh Freeze doesn't think Auburn and Georgia people hate each other. What a Monday, Brad. Oh, that was takeaway number one from the presser, huh? Yeah, he uh, he said he was new here, but he didn't get the same sense of hatred. And you know what? It used to not be sure. terribly hate-filled. And quite frankly, we need to win a few uh, to, to stop the string. And then you'll see the hatred ratchet up even more. But there, there is some there between the fan bases, that's for sure. Wait till you see the comments on this video. I got. I have a feeling if you can bark in the comments, we'll get some today. Yeah, that, that's probably true. That's probably true. And look, he's coaching the Egg Bowl, which I think the Egg Bowl is a very underrated rivalry. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely underrated, and it's pretty nasty. Yeah. So it's must-watch television. You got players scoring and act like they're peeing in the end zone and all this stuff like a dog. I mean, crazy stuff happening yep. in the Egg Bowl. I think both of Auburn's main two main two rivalries, Auburn-Georgia, which obviously it's game week, and then you know the Iron Bowl rivalry, I think it's more of a like respectful hate, if there is such a thing. Um, yeah. And also, uh, you know, obviously you're going to get this with an in-state thing, Mississippi, but, you know, with with – Auburn getting a big chunk of his roster historically from the state of Georgia. I think that's a big part of it too. Um, you're bringing a lot of that, you know, cross state lines and a lot of these Georgia, a lot of these Georgia natives that come yeah. to play at Auburn all of a sudden now it's like, okay, let's, you know, stick it to these folks that, that have, you know, I've been around my entire life. I, I think there's that element of it too, but I was surprised, which just shows, and I shouldn't be surprised when, when Hugh Freeze talks, because he's genuinely so honest and it's so refreshing. Mm -hmm. But any other coach would be like, yeah, this is huge. This is huge for uh, for Auburn. And he's like, well, I don't know if they hate each other or not. And it's like, oh, okay, not, not what I was expecting, but thank you for being honest. I'll tell you, it's another point of proof that his head is so focused on recruiting. His, his focus is so much on – it's more so on recruiting than it is – say, developing an offensive game plan. That's what he hired Philip Montgomery to do. He's he's really looking at everything through the lens of recruiting. And you do. You have recruiting battles with Georgia, that's that's for sure. But, yeah, sure. I think you're dead on about where these players come from. We have always said, and, and people who follow Auburn football know, that the most successful Auburn teams have been loaded with players from the state of Alabama and just as much almost from the state of Georgia which means those games pit players who know the other side. They've grown up playing against them. Some of them yep. grew up going to the same high school. Like it's a, it is kind of a brother versus brother thing on the field, which does lend to a little more hatred between the fan bases for sure. It also helps though when series are evenly split. That ratchets up the hatred between the fan bases. Yeah, now it just kind of feels like, okay, well, this is another game where George is going to win and we're going to get frustrated. That's really what it feels like. And kind of what it feels like is going to happen on Saturday. So whatever. So that was, that was one thing that Hugh Freeze said at his presser that I thought was interesting, but you hinted at it. He hired Philip Montgomery to put together the game plans each and every week, kind of called him out from the podium, no RPOs. And that's kind of what made him be successful in the conference. The first go around at Ole Miss, mm -hmm. according to coach freeze, hard to argue with it, with what yeah. they were able to do offensively during his time there. And uh, no RPOs were called at all, according to Freeze's uh, comments on Monday. I think that's interesting. 
it is interesting. I'd love to hear the the conversations Sunday about why or not not actually, you know what, not even Sunday because leading up to it, there are offensive meetings every single day, position meetings, whole offense meetings, meetings between coach Freeze and coach Montgomery and the offensive staff where they're laying out the plan every single day. That doesn't just happen on Thursday walkthrough. It doesn't happen. Sure. I mean, it, it's all week long. So at some point, if logic prevails here, there were conversations about, hey, we're not going to call a bunch of RPO stuff this week. And I don't know why that is because there are two schools of thought. One would be, you know what? Uh, Texas A&M just saw us be really good on RPOs and they know that's the identity. So we're going to try to get a step ahead and do something totally different. Or it could be that the defense and the guys that they, I, I don't know, it could be that that the Texas A&M defense dictated that they couldn't. I don't know so much that I, that I think that's the case, but yep, I, I think it's very curious that the thing you're best at and where you're coming off a week where you've had success, you don't call it. Yeah. That's yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then he also did kind of, Give them some credit and say, there were guys open. Go watch the film. There were guys open. And then that's when you need to put the pressure on Peyton Thorne, who in all accounts pretty much has underperformed so yeah. far this year. You you put it on Peyton, but as we talked in the live show yesterday, some of it goes on the offensive line. Some of it goes on the receivers. And that's what you heard from Coach Freeze at the press conference today. He made a great point. He said, coaches get all the blame, and that's fine. We deserve it. Quarterbacks, we understand, get all the blame. They don't always deserve all of it. There were plenty of times where the right play was called or you got a feeling the right play was called, but a receiver didn't execute. There were times where the right play was called and Peyton didn't execute. There were times the play might have been called, but Texas A&M's D-line just overpowered the offensive line. Sometimes even those plays, one is because the offensive line, the offensive guy did the wrong thing. Maybe it's the defensive guy just blew it up because he's good. Like it's, it's not this neat, tidy package that you can just present in a clean fashion and say, this is the problem, fix it, and you're fine. It yeah. is complex, and it's different from play to play. Yeah. What would you think about his remarks when asked, okay, how is Peyton Thorne in practice versus mm -hmm. in a game? And it sounds like he looks pretty sharp. In practice, well, obviously didn't look sharp on Saturday. No, and and specifically that answer that that I, the question was about how does he look in practice in general. The answer Hugh Freeze gave was about last week specifically because he, he noted it a couple of times. He said he had a great week of practice, great week. So I don't. What do you do? What do you do with that? I mean, really, put yourself in that position. I don't know. What what do you say? What are the conversations on the headset like after the first couple of drives where you pick up, you know, after the first drive, you pick up some first downs, you start to get the running game going, you want to make a big play in the passing game. And if it's one of the plays where he doesn't execute, you go, golly, like you couldn't see it coming. Yeah. Or you just call more run plays. After that. More. Yeah, sure. You run, you run the ball more. You you call up some screens, you mm -hmm. do some short passes, you do some things where like the pass protection doesn't matter as much and it's just muscle memory. You know, you get the ball and you get it out of your hands quickly. Yeah. Or I don't think they're throwing enough balls. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and look, we can kind of say, hey, guys were open, but 
there, there are more elements to a football game than just getting open, right? I mean, offenses are more complicated than that. That's why it's so hard to have a good one. It's because, yeah. sure, the pass protection's got to be there. The quarterback has to see you, and you've got to make the throw. And I think when I think when you're in that situation, like you've got to have a backup plan to get the ball out of Thorne's hands quicker or Robbie's or Holden's, whoever's at quarterback. And they didn't really ever do that. Even when Robbie was in, they didn't really yeah. do that. And so I, I don't fully know what you're supposed to do in that situation. If that part of, you know, if that part of the playbook isn't available to you, I don't know if they haven't installed that or if it wasn't part of the game plan or, or what, maybe they felt uncomfortable doing that because Damari was out and they didn't want to like throw yeah. swing passes to the running back. I mean, who knows, yeah. but it would have been better than what they were doing. It had yeah. to have been. Yep. And that brings back the question is when you make changes on offense, are you doing it out of desperation? Or are you doing it because you've planned for contingencies? And I'm in the camp of you always have to plan for contingencies. You have to. We, we do it on the radio side. We have this guest scheduled. If he doesn't show, what are we going to do? What happens if, for instance, there's a technical issue and our locker room interviews aren't, you know, uh, aren't working the way that they should? What's your contingency? It doesn't mean you don't have confidence in your first plan. But it means right. that you're still in control. You don't panic when plan A doesn't work. There are really good players in the Southeastern Conference. There are times your plan A flat out ain't going to work. So you have a controlled, measured contingency plan. That's right. That's right. So you may not have won on Saturday, but you can still win any single day with our friends and my bookie because they make your money work smarter, not harder. We love our friends at my bookie and you can celebrate winning this season with my bookies biggest welcome offer ever a 110% deposit match on your first deposit. Brad, I don't know how they're doing this with inflation the way it is right now. I don't understand how they're able to do this and stay in business. So it's only available for a week. So jump on this, you head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. N-E-X-T-R-O-U-N-D, next round, to claim this bonus. Act quickly. Once again, mybookie.ag, use promo code next round. Bet anything, anytime, and anywhere, only with my bookie. Brad, we got an update on Damari Austin. He's going to miss some time. I don't think that's a huge shock to anyone that watched the injury. It looked like it hurt. It looked like it was impacting him. So that's a bummer, right? You want Damari Austin. The, the positive side of this, the glass half full way of looking at it is like, okay, with injuries happening all throughout the team, like this is a position group that hasn't really been hit by that yet. Yeah. And they've got the bodies, right? They've got the bodies um, to do that. So in your mind, who do you think gets more touches now with Damari Austin missing time? Does Jeremiah Cobb get a few more touches or passes thrown his way? Does it go to Brian Batty, which is kind of what we saw on Saturday after Damari Austin went out? Yep. Does Jarquez Hunter shoulder more of the load? What happens in your mind? It's a great question, and it goes back to last month in preseason camp where we talked about the depth in this room, and a situation like this is exactly why you love to see the depth and why you have to have. Cadillac has to have the depth in this room. It's a rugged physical game. Damari was averaging eight carries a game through the first three, had 24 carries to the first three games, had two carries for 12 yards in this game. So if you stick with 
And and that injury happened, what, second quarter? So he was on pace for about eight again in this game. We have heard a lot about Jeremiah Cobb. How much do you throw the freshman to the Wolves against Georgia and against LSU these next two games? I tend to think Jarquez gets a few more carries. I think if you if you split the eight, I think you probably go five more for Jarquez, two more for Brian Batie, and an additional carry for, for Jeremiah Cobb, uh, on top of maybe what they would have gotten ordinarily as a part of the game plan. I just think at this point you go with your ex- most experienced, uh, strongest sure. back, and that's Jarquez. They've got to run it more in general, too, yeah. right? You've got to think there's going to be a part of the game plan. But then again, like, I don't think Auburn's going to be able to run it effectively consistently against Georgia, but I think they can against LSU. Yeah. You like, so the that, Georgia, you like the Georgia run defense better than the A&M run defense? I like the Georgia everything more yeah. than the Texas A&M everything. That's, that's really fair. Um, I think I could say that about any team in the SEC. Yeah. With the exception of maybe quarterback playing a few spots, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Like, it's just, Georgia's like, they're the class of college football right now. I I like the idea of balancing the carries to keep guys fresh. Sure. However, you're going into a bye week after this. Jarquez, your guy, he's averaging just over 10 yards. I'm sorry, 10 carries per game. 31 carries in three games. So 10 plus per ball game. And he's averaging 4.6 yards a carry. I think you let him get warmed up. I think you let him get into rhythm. And I think this is a game where you need your number one running back to get between 15, 16, and 20 carries. You keep running it. You show commitment to the running game. And you keep going. It could be inside runs, outside runs, whatever. But I I think you keep feeding Jarquez here. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and I think... I think you throw some simple passes to the running backs as well. Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batsy, Jeremiah Cobb. I think you would agree. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I trust all of those guys in the receiving game. Yeah. And I think that's going to help free th- some things up. I also think it helps Peyton Thorne get some confidence. Like, oh, okay, I can complete a pass. That's good. People will catch it. That's good. Yeah. And I, I think I think as far as like the market share of targets, I think that's got to be addressed too. Like Jay Fair's getting the most. He should. Yeah. Rivaldo is not getting the second most. That needs to change. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know. On my show that went up this morning, Brad, on Locked on Auburn, I was really hard on Shane Hooks. Yeah. And I'm a Shane Hooks guy. Like, I was leading the Shane Hooks hype train going into the season, and I'm just – I've been underwhelmed because, look, some of these catches are tough, sure, and I don't know if anybody else could necessarily do them, but that's what you were brought in to do is to do this, is to be this highlight reel type player – and if we're going to praise you for making this one hand and catching the back of the end zone in Auburn scrimmage, like, do it in a game. Do it in a stinking game, man. <laughs> and I think he has the ability to do it. He's just got to – I don't know if the game's going too fast or or what. I don't know. But, like, I think he should have caught that touchdown pass from Robbie. Yeah. I think that's what we should be talking about this week. But he didn't I, catch it, so that's not what I, we're talking about. I think that's fair, and and when you talk to Jake Crane on Locked on Auburn many times over the last five, six weeks, he has referenced receivers who can turn 50-50 balls into 70-30 balls. And I think that's that's a really wonderful way to describe what these big physical receivers, what you want them to do, what you bring them in to do. 
And right. I think to this point, those balls have been 30, 70 balls more so than 50, 50 balls. And, you know, Coach Freeze talked about that in the press conference today, too, just as an illustration of how it's not always the quarterback. It's not always the offensive line. It's not always the receiver. But sometimes it is. Sometimes guys are doing the right thing. Ten guys are doing the right thing. You got to have 11 that do the right thing on every play. So, yep, I, if you had told me through four games that Hooks would have 106 yards receiving, mm-hmm. I would have said, which game did he get it in? Like, did he get it in one game? 106 yards a game. You would think that that would be more plausible than 106 total receiving yards. I'm shocked Javarius Johnson has 51 total receiving yards through the first four games. Five catches for 51 yards. Yeah, and I guess the positive side of this is I don't think it's on the receivers. But it's on a lot of different people. Yeah. And it's that's kind of the troublesome part of it. But that's okay. We'll figure yeah. it out. Maybe. Who knows? Who will? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Hey, uh, yeah, jump into it. I know you where know, you're going. You know, know knows, going. you know knows a lot about a lot? Lancelock.com. I've heard he's never been wrong. Well, I wouldn't say never. I don't want to give people false expectations here. I've never seen it. <laughs> but how about this? He's right a whole lot more, a whole lot more than he's wrong. Uh, you need plays. You need to go to Lancelock.com. Do that today, all right? Right now is the time. You can get the best deal, best price on monthly packages, best price on annual packages. Just jump right in. Jump all the way in. You can trust Lanceslock.com. Sign up today for the best deal with our friends at Lanceslock.com. I was sent a Lanceslock t-shirt, Brad. Really? I was. I put it on just to wow. try it on. And my wife said, wow, you look great. <laughs> well, that's not surprising. Well, you know, it's the Lanceslock swag. <laughs> that I was sent. I guess I don't know. By the way, if you uh, want to, if you want to find out how to get some Lance's Lock swag, or maybe that amazingly good-looking hat that you're wearing, you could do that. I think we've got some links maybe at the bottom of the video or on the maybe. on the Wardam Pod sure. page. Yeah, you Not can sure. you can find a way to get that. Not hey, sure. by the That's way, above our heads. If you would buy Village Vice gear, why don't you mention that over in that right down Ooh. there in the comments too? That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be nice. Stay Support tuned. the pod for sure. Hey, while we've got a minute, can I just, something's been on my chest for about the last 24 hours. Can I very quickly get it off my chest? Sure. The story in the NFL yesterday was Travis Kelsey's guest and the fact that he's seeing Taylor Swift. And then, Oh, the, is he? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No idea whatsoever. <laughs> so the narrative has been, Oh, he shot his shot and look what happened. Let that be a lesson to everybody. Travis Kelsey is a, he's one of the superstars on a championship team in the most popular sport in the world, certainly in the country. Um, it's the highest rated entertainment programming every week on multiple channels. Um, he's big. He's built like an Adonis. He's wealthy. He's doing all right. Let's not act like the assistant general manager at Dick's Sporting Goods had a shot with Taylor Swift. All right. Like, let's, can we cool it with the, hey, that's what happens. Take notice when you, let's cool it with that. Travis Kelsey's doing all right. Okay. Yeah. When I was watching, uh, when I was watching football Sunday afternoon, shout out to the Patriots, beating the Jets, first win of the go. season. Let's ride. The, um, 
it's like every other commercial he's in, like he's all over the yeah. place. And that was set up regardless of if he was dating Taylor Swift or not. So yeah. uh, props to both of them. What a power couple, by sure. the way. But um, I think my favorite thing from all of this is she has so many songs that you can work in so many puns mm -hmm. with all of this. I think it's great. I think it's awesome. But I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, there's a, ten, uh, a trend on TikTok right now where, like, the wife or the girlfriend is, like, filming herself without her husband or boyfriend knowing. Yeah. And it's, like, it's so great. Like, this is so good for Travis Kelsey because, like, nobody had ever heard of him before then. And then it's, like, the husband or the boyfriend getting upset about it. Yeah. And I'm, like, I think it's good. I yeah. think it's good. He hey, it's great. My, uh, my wife was more interested in watching the Chiefs game than anything yesterday. <laughs> So hey, if it if it allows me to watch more Patty Mahomes in my household without uh without the significant other being upset, I'm all for it. Thank you, Travis Kelsey, and thank you, Taylor Swift. What do you call them together? If they're Travis and Taylor, are they trailer? I don't know. Okay, we'll let other people figure that out. Uh, it's probably just Taylor Swift and her boyfriend, right? <laughs> no, you gotta. Every celebrity couple has to have a, a name where you smash the names together. Nope, they don't. Though. Gotta be but that. They way. don't. That's not oh. a made. That, that is a made up thing. It's that not made up. Have to it's happen. A, it, it does. It's a rule. I don't make the rules. I don't make them. I just tell you about them. Well, I appreciate your reporting there. Yeah, I right. appreciate that. All right. I don't think we can bounce back from this. So no. Whatever. Who's the bigger star in the comments below? Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. Brad, I think that's about it for today. It does. Let's get out of here. No question who's the bigger star here. That's Zach Blackerby. Thanks so much for watching today. Everyone has vices. Remember that. Everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours.